full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Yes, and a very good evening and welcome to Full Time here with myself, Martin Quilty, on this Monday evening. Hope that you are all well and have enjoyed the sports over the last weekend. We have a busy show ahead this evening. We're going to be talking very shortly to Eddie Scally, who is the general manager of Gordon Park. We are going to have Willie Quinlan on to discuss Carlo's draw in the National Football League that was on last Saturday. And we are going to be joined in studio by Jenny Carwin and Paddy Moss later on on to discuss all things rugby front for Kilkenny rugby women but for the time being hopefully I'm going to be joined by Eddie Scally on the phone good evening Eddie good evening Martin how you doing very well now and yourself it's a bit different for me to be here interviewing you tonight instead of you doing it to me so a role reversal this evening Eddie <laughs> that's it exactly I was thinking that when you text me earlier I was kind of laughing myself, but sure look isn't it great to be able to do it it's absolutely fantastic and great that we're able to be having you on as well I suppose everything came to a stop within the county last Thursday as he hosted the Toyestes Chase out in Gorn Park and what a fantastic day it was Eddie and great to have a huge crowd back after a Two years hiatus. That's it. Yeah, no, we were delighted. It was um, it was it was really Tyesa's back to its, itself again. You know, it was absolutely wedged uh, on the day. We just you know just under twelve thousand people out the track, so it was it was pretty stuffed out there. But it was, it was brilliant atmosphere, gorgeous weather. Uh, we were really blessed. A couple of local winners as well. Owen Doyle there from Noon Coin had the winner of the first race as well, and that was bred by Martin Welch there from the Salmon Pool in Thomastown. So that was a real local winner there, which was lovely to see. And then, of course, our own maestro and, and, and local trainer, the best national trainer in the world, probably uh, W.P. Mullins, he delivered his ninth Goff Tiestes chase winner with carefully selected and followed up with a Sir Gearhart as well, winning later in the card. So it was just, all in all, it was a brilliant day. Half the card being won by local trainers. So, you know, I love to see that. But it was just a wonderful atmosphere and a great day at the track. Yeah, I was actually watching it on the TV as well and you could see you walking across and I know for Tiesta's day in particular you like to actually be out in the middle of it on the track keeping an eye on the action itself so uh, carefully selected um, a good winner it was very, very tight in fairness you couldn't want it any other way for a Tiesta's coming down the straight three in a line any one of the three horses could have won it carefully selected though did come out on top I suppose it's a, it's a bit strange though that the horse itself was off the track for 1,022 days and then comes back and wins the Toyestes. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, it had one prep run a couple of weeks beforehand just to kind of get its body going again. But, you know, this is all down to, you know, the genius that is W.B. Mullins. And you have to say well done to the Masterson family. I mean, there's not too many people would say, look, let's keep going with this horse and training and persist. They persisted there for, for, for well over three years with a horse that's not running at all. Um, they're obviously getting the right signals from the horse down in, in Close Sutton. Obviously, Willie was feeding it back to him saying, keep it going. But it was it was sublime training uh, performance to do that. And then the ride as well by Paul Townend. Like, Paul obviously knew he had a lot of horse underneath him because he rode the horse very wide the whole way around the track. He was extremely patient. And as you rightly said, when they got into the straight, there was three of them in a line. And, you know, if you make one mistake at that point, it, it, it came over. And Paul, you know, the horse came up out of his hands at the last. He flew it. And, and in fairness to Sam Ewing, he's only a young jockey. Uh, Sam Ewing gets beaten in a photo finish in his first Tiestes. You know, Paul Townend said it after the race. Sam Ewing will have lots more Tiestes balls running out of them. But it was it was just brilliant to see. And I was absolutely thrilled for WP. And I'm delighted for the last family, as I said, keeping the horse in training for as long as they have. It's, it's brilliant that it's after paying them the reward. 
a bit of local knowledge can't go astray. I was actually watching a couple of the races as well, and you know the local lads, they actually kept to the outside of the track uh, underneath the trees. Was the ground that little bit better for horses by the railings itself rather than a bit further out near the, the golf course end? This is it, you know. So if, if you're if you're riding Gorn, like the boys at No Gorn Park inside out, Danny Mullins, Paul Town is a member of our golf course as well, and Dave, they're out there the whole time. So it's kind of Richie Condon, even though they're not from Gorn, they live here, you know, and this is their home now. But basically, our flat track is in the very middle of the track, is the simplest way to explain it. And when we water all summer, our flat track, some of the cast off will hit the inside of the chase course and the outside of the hurdle course. So when you're racing, you want to stay away from the ground that's been watered all summer. So in the flat and the chase course, then you need to go out as far out to the trees. You're nearly riding up. On the far side of the track, you're nearly in the forest. And on the way home up the straight, you're nearly in the stand. And that's getting you as far away from our flat track as you humanly possibly can be because it can be a little bit stickier. Now, you're talking about degrees here. I mean, it's a little bit quicker. So the ground might be soft to heavy on the inside and on the outside, it might be soft. It's not huge differences. But when you win a short head and a photo finish in a test, that makes a difference. Any small margin, Eddie, that's going to get you yeah, past yeah. that winning post is going to, to come to any jockey and he'll try everything in his power to try it. And as we said, it can't be that bit of local knowledge. Uh, yeah, as you said, brilliant atmosphere. I think you told uh, the KCLR crew here earlier that you had over 10,000 spectators on the day as well. Um, fantastic amount of people. But a lot of work obviously goes into that kind of preparation. It doesn't just happen on the day. That does, you know, and in fairness, there's a lot of people help us with it, you know, besides my own team on the track who, you know, have been with me <clears throat> for years now and they know the place inside out and exactly what's involved. But the volunteers as well, you know, the stewards that come in and help us with the race day car park and the Gardy, everything, there's a lot of management to it, you know, because we only have kind of two or three days in the whole year like that. So, you know, certain teams kind of squeak a little bit on the bigger day, but <clears throat> in fairness, it was a group effort and everyone got it. And I think in the main, most people anyway that I've seen, it's been a very good day and a very positive day. So, you know, any day that you come out of a race meeting like that with a big attendance and everybody happy, it's it's a great day. But no, we were thrilled with everything. I suppose you were talking about the man himself. Uh, last weekend, he racked up his 4,000 winner as a trainer itself. I mean, Willie Mullins, I know he has a great team behind him and he'll always credit the team as well. But I mean, that man, what he's done for the sport and what he's done for horses around and 4,000 winners is absolutely phenomenal for a trainer. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's unbelievable. I was raging with him. Uh, he only he only had runners in two races in Gorn the other day. So he, he got the 3,998 and 3,999 because he won the two races where he had runners. But if he'd had a runner in the bumper, we could have got to the 4,000 at the track, which he would have loved to do himself anyway. But look, as you say, 4,000 winners for a trainer. Only Dermot Weld has done it in Ireland and he's done it on the flat and I, I, without taking away from Dermot Weld, which is a phenomenal achievement to have 4,000 winners. On the flat, it's a little bit easier. You get less injuries and you, horses tend to slow down. You know, you, you get more time to run your horses on the flat. But it was, it was a phenomenal performance. And one last thing then, Eddie, as you said, a phenomenal achievement. But things are slowing down a small little bit for you as I hear you're going into a new development and you're putting in a state-of-the-art way room out there. I seem to have lost Eddie there for a minute. Are you there, Eddie? No, I think we've actually... I can hear something in the background. Are you there, Eddie Scally? Sorry, can you hear me now? I can hear you now, yes. Sorry, 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 man. No, but he's done it all over the world. Like, I mean, he's had winners from America to Australia. He's had winners on the flash. He's had winners over jumps. Like, he is literally a, an actual genius. There's no two ways around it. He is a, he's a, he is a genius and an absolute gentleman to boot as well. 
you know, any any minute you get to spend in that man's company is is is, is absolutely thrilling because he's just he's just such a brilliant person. And you said he's a brilliant team around him. He does, but he's a brilliant loyal team around him that he's built over the years, and they don't tend to move away from his yard. The likes of Ruby Walsh, David Casey, his wife Jackie, Patrick, like you know, they're a family team as well. But you know, they're a phenomenal team, and you know, I just I just be so proud of them being from this region. We're just so lucky to have them on our doorstep. Well, you didn't obviously hear me on the last one, but obviously when you're talking about family, we can't talk about Willie Mullins without talking about his man Maureen as well. Great to see her at the track as well last Thursday, soaking up all of the atmosphere. Um, and I mean, a phenomenal woman as well. And she's obviously uh, entrenched in the, the racing as much as Willie and the rest of the family are. No, this is it. She's the matriarch of Irish racing. There's no question or doubt about it. She was there the other day. She's drove herself down to the races. We she rang ahead to say she was coming, so we made sure we had a parking space inside for well in her nineties, still absolutely flying. Um, but she's she's just she's just a brilliant person, and I'm sure not just Willie's achievements. You know, she's just so proud of all her kids and her grandkids as well, and she tries so much on seeing what they've done. Like, I mean, her late husband Paddy was an exceptional trainer, but. You know what Willie has, got, has done in racing. You know this will never be equal. Like we're we're now seeing the greatest national hunt trainer of all time, and I don't think you know, you know I don't think it's possible to surpass what he's achieved. And I'm sure his mum must be unbelievably proud of him. God only knows where it's going to stop at the minute because 4,000 and growing still because I don't think Willie has any uh, plans to retire anytime soon especially if you look at Maureen she's still going at 93 years young fair play to her and I think Willie will still be going near enough to that as well um, if he's allowed to go that far you didn't hear me before the aliens did grab the phone on you uh, but I was saying that you're slowing down ever so slightly out there because you're putting a new development in with a state of the art way room uh, in Gorn so facilities are are always uh, upgrading Eddie so exciting times ahead for you yeah no one looked at the border backing us there the whole time as well and we'd be constantly pushing it to the boundaries to see how far we can go we just felt that our, our wear room facility was holding us back slightly and um, we're delighted the permission has gone through for that we're just literally now at the stage we're about to point the builders so we're hoping after holding plan transit day on the 11th of March we're hoping to start building the following week It'll take 12 months, but once it's finished, we'll have a two-story structure there right beside our parade ring, which houses the jockeys, of course, the, the stars of the show and the stewards. And then on the floor above that then, we'll have a sponsor's room as well and kind of a director's room. But it's really exciting times for the track. I think, you know, this to me anyway, in my eye, it's the, it's the last piece of the jigsaw uh, over what we had looked at on kind of a five-year plan. So, you know, fingers crossed we get that done this year and, you know, it'll be very exciting. We'll be unveiling it for Piesta's Day next year with a bit of luck. Well, with the help of God, and I know Robbie and the rest of the gang are looking forward to hopefully being in that sponsor's room as well, bringing you all of the live action for Toyesta's Day. Eddie Scally, thank you very much for joining me here on Full Time this evening. It has been a pleasure to have you on and having the roles reversed for once. Um, and hopefully it's not going to be the last time. And well done on a fantastic Toyesta's Day in Gorn Park last Thursday. Thanks a million, Martin. Look forward to talking to you soon. Mind yourself. Perfect. Good man. That was, of course, Eddie Scally there, the general manager for Goran Paris Racecourse, joining me. And coming up after the short break, we are going to be talking to Willie Quinlan, all things Carlo football. So don't go anywhere. God, the Gremlins are really happening here in studio this evening. Yes, welcome back into Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, here on this Monday evening. As I said earlier, Carlo was playing in the Division 4 of the National Football League last Saturday in Netwatch Cullen Park, and it was live on KCLR 96FM. And Robbie Dowlin and Willie Quinlan was out doing the commentary. I can't get Willie on the phone at the minute. We are still going to try it. But Robbie Dowlin managed to catch up with the Carlo manager, Niall Carew, after the game. And this is what Niall had 
to say to Robbie. I'm the crew after Carlo's drawn the opening round of the league against Wicklow on Saturday night here at Netwatch Cullen Park. Uh, Niall, what you make of that? A dramatic ending to it, I suppose. Yeah, look, I suppose everybody's dug deep. Uh, Robbie at the end there. Uh, well, for the full second half, especially when Connor Doyle got the second yellow, a little bit harsh in fairness, um, but just to be unlucky. And uh, the boys dug deep. And, you know, playing with 14 men, uh, you know, in a counter attacking game, um, it was always going to be tough. But our lads did very well. And we probably created way more chances than Wicklow in the second half. Uh, we just didn't put them away. But, um, look, overall, I suppose we would have taken a draw when we were down to 14 men. And you get a little bit greedy then near the line. But it could have went either way. So a draw possibly was a fair result near the end. Um, you know, Wicklow were in Division 3 for the last two years. So I feel that game will give us confidence. Um, and we are making progress. So we'll have Shane Clark back in a couple of weeks. Dara Ryan will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, Aaron Ammon is coming back as well into the fold. So we're getting players back as well just to create a bit of competition. But look, it was a great atmosphere there. Great energy from both players and from the crowd as well, which really, it, it probably drove us on to get that draw off and being honest. And it was great to see so many Carla people at the match uh, to drive the whole thing on. But yeah, look, please enough with the result. And there are so many positives, but maybe we'll tackle the one negative of tonight, the red card to Conor Lyle. You said it was a bit soft. What did you make of it? Two yellow cards getting sent off early in the second half. Yeah, you can be unlucky. Sometimes a referee can just give a yellow if he's right beside it, you know. Uh, you might just feel that it merits a yellow. And if he was 30 yards away from the same tackle, you mightn't get even a tick for it. You know, it's a little bit unlucky. Um, I thought the referee didn't do anyone any harm tonight. Um, you know, he, he he was obviously very fair. And um, Connor was just a bit unlucky that he happened to be right beside the referee for a couple of his fouls. So, uh, yeah, look, he has to learn from that as well and just be a little bit more clever. But uh, look, we'll march on now. That game is gone and we have to really focus on Watford next week. Um, and that's that's our focus now for the week leading in. And just the positives on tonight's games, there's so many of them it seems now, but one thing that I know, it was three points down at one stage in the second half, down to 14 men, and he never wilted, never allowed Wicklow to kind of kick on from there. And the fact that you were able to go back and get a draw, and maybe even slightly disappointed that you didn't get a win, seems to speak volumes about the character within this panel. Yeah, look, great club. When you have, like, you've really leaders there with Dara Foley and Conor Crowley you know Mikey Bambrick and Shawnee and you know Jamie Clark Jordan Morrissey was unbelievable at centre back you know and I, I, I'm missing lads obviously as well you know Ross Dunphy was always an option up front and uh, yeah we've really leaders in our team and uh, loads of energy Kieran Moran was awesome but we had to take him off in case he'd get sent off because he was on the yellow and a tick as well so uh, yeah look great leaders in this team a great bunch of players uh, but we have to kick on now next week and of course next week it is Waterford 5pm down the SETU arena um, an important one to try and get the first victory on the board and have a really good start to the league is it? Absolutely yeah look and it's a big game next week from here on in every game gets bigger and bigger so we'll see how it goes um, you know we'll be expecting to perform again and if we perform we shouldn't be too far away and just any injury concerns after tonight Niall? Um, Johnny Bambrick just had a twinge in his hamstring so I'll have to wait and see how that is uh, but no look uh, seems to be a fairly clean bill of health anyway Brilliant stuff brilliant result thanks to Niall looking forward to the next game against Watford Thanks Robbie yeah, that was, of course, Niall Carew there, the Carlo manager. And I am delighted now to be joined on the phone line by the brilliant Willie Quinnan. Willie, how are you this evening? 
Good, Martin, and yourself? Can't complain at all now, thank you very much. Couple of gremlins here this evening, but we're managing to get through them all right. Um, as you were saying, you probably heard uh, Niall's interview there about the Carlo game at the weekend. Uh, in your own words for us, you were at the game, obviously, sum up the the game um, and Carlo's draw against Wicklow last Saturday for us. Yeah, well, it was a, a, probably a, a bit of a nervy start, a bit of a disappointing start because they were 1-1 down, 1-1 to no score down after, you know, five or six minutes and seemed to be that Wicklow seemed to going to push on and, and really take hold of the game, but <clears throat> that didn't happen. And in fairness, a poor kick-out by uh, uh, Mark Jackson and the Wicklow go- goalkeeper ended up kicking it to Conor Crowley and Crowley worked a, a great pass into Ross Dunphy and, and got a goal and then they got a a point from Jordan Morrissey and that brought them back into the game and they looked a better team all the way to the you know in the first half to half time even though they went down they're down by a point at half time but ne- never never uh, gave up the battle the battle we thought on the commentary look at sending off Conor Dyle we thought maybe they were in big trouble because Wicklow went three points ahead and normally when you get a, an inter-county match in 14 against 15 it's very difficult on the field the legs start to go they were three points down, but they really battled into it and get, got, got stuck in, got the three points back leveled and had a chance to win it at the end. But some, you know, some great performances and, and one he alludes to was Jordan Morrissey, centre-back, scored 1-1. Dara Foley got five points, I think three frees. Conor Crowley got two points and Ross Dumphy got a point. Shane O'Neill came in as a sub and he got, he got two points from two frees. So, you know, very positive and he is a very positive man and you know, all you have to do is listen to the, the way he speaks to I love the way uh, the runners that they have from the half-back line and the, and the half-forward line. Josh Moore, a very fa- fast-paced player. He got in, he was very unlucky, hit the foot of the post. He could have had a goal. Jamie Clark, the same, loved carrying the ball. Kieran Moore seemed to play a more defensive role. He kind of dropped back for Jordan Morrissey and allowed Jordan to come off the half-back line and drive forward. And that's where he got his goal and his point from. Conor Dyle really, really you know, played well. Unlucky, he got the yellow and then made two suppose one was a silly tackle and uh, he was unlucky I have to say you know Niall, Niall referred to that as well he was unlucky with a, the second yellow and a red but nevertheless it was it was a second yellow and a red Shawnee Bremberg ca- carried a lot of balls so they have a lot of pace a lot of youth along with the experience of uh, Dara Foley there in the full forward line which uh, I think it's a huge improvement there from, from last year the last two years Willie, do you think if this game had to be last year when they went down to the 14 men that they could have potentially lost the game? There seems to be a bit of a more steelness to this Carlo side at the minute and maybe that's because Niall has instilled a bit of belief and confidence that they can actually go out and beat anyone that they go and play. Yeah, you can actually see that the, the players are really playing for each other and for Niall, he seems to be a, a, re, a real players man. You know, he, he speaks very highly of all, all his players and uh, they're they're playing at the moment for him and for for Carlo and for themselves as well. And you can you can see it how they really dug deep when they were three points down with the fourteen men. And you're right, probably last year, or the year before, things would have uh, went awry because there were there were a couple of points up in three games last year. One I think I'm looking at Limerick, London, and could have been Sligo. Three games they could have won, ended up losing them in the last five minutes. And whether it was down to fitness or belief or whatever, but they seem to have that belief in each other, you know, and individually in themselves. So that that's a huge thing going forward. When you have 25 guys believing in each other and believing in the one thing, um, 
confidence can be there and really looking forward to next Saturday evening against Waterford the one negative thing I suppose and I know Niall and yourself has alluded to it that it was a little bit harsh but there's a lot of games that Carlo is playing at the minute that they're either getting black cards or they have players sent off and putting themselves under pressure where do you see the potential for this to improve during the year um, because Carlo can win games we know they can but they need to have all their players on the field and as we'll hear later on Eric Malloy alluded to that as well so where can they improve on the, the discipline issue? Well, definitely, definitely the tackling. And uh, Kieran, Kieran Moran, he's right. Kieran Moran had a yellow card, and I counted three tackles after it were borderline high tackles, maybe around the shoulder, around the neck. And once you put the hand in around the neck, it's going to be a yellow card. And if you're on a yellow, and it can seem soft enough, but they're they're the rules. The rules are the rules. And I looked at Connor Doyle. I actually referred to it in in the commentary. He was on a yellow in the first half. He made a silly tackle in his own half. Now, the sending off was a long way from goal. It was, it was in the Wicklow full, full back line. He, he never needed to tackle. He didn't need to make the tackle. So it's a little bit, as he said, cuteness, being clever about it, when to make the tackles, when not. Who should be making the tackles? I mean, lots of teams uh, this year were looking at the stats on Kilmacud this year, probably 25 fouls in the whole game. But the yellows are spread out among the, among the teams. So if I get a yellow... Obviously, I'm not going to jump in with a silly tackle the next time, but somebody else will will step in. So it's all about you know sitting down and training and working it out. You're on a yellow. You don't need to make the next tackle. That doesn't mean you don't go for the ball or you don't go physically. But if it's a, you think it's going to be a high hand or a late tackle, you just don't do it because uh, all too long that we're we're being left with 14 or 13 on the field, and that can be you know only detrimental to the team over the next year. And if you can keep 15 on the team and go to where they're going you'd have to give them a chance against anyone in Division 4. Yeah, well, hopefully the tackle can improve uh, for the latter stages of the league and the championship. Um, obviously, they have Waterford coming up this weekend as well, but a big result in the division, if Carlo has any aspirations of coming out of it, was obviously the draw between Wexford and London as well. Um, so that'll certainly help Carlo's chances around. But a big weekend, uh, or a big game at the weekend, I should say, Willie against Waterford and Leitrim give them a bit of a hiding at the weekend as well. So uh, a must win for Carlo, do you say? Yeah, definitely, definitely a must win. Leitrim beat them three eighteen to to eleven points, if I, if I'm correct. And uh, but the, the other thing is, Waterford will be looking to bounce back. They're they're at home, in, you know, in in Waterford, and they'll be looking to get back and get their two points that they didn't they didn't get uh, yesterday. And were badly beaten. I mean, three eighteen is a high score to give away and only score eleven points. So it's not going to be easy against Waterford. People people think because. They got a draw against Wicklow. Wicklow were a Division 3 team for the last two years. It doesn't work that way. Division 4, anybody can turn over anybody on the day. Everyone would have given Sligo a great chance at home against Leash. Leash turned them over, beat them by six points. And uh, so, Carla, I know everybody will be up for it, and they probably will be slight favourites, but you have to do it on the day. You have to perform. So consistency is the big thing with any, with any team sports. If you, if you can bring consistency into your game, that confidence and, uh, and flow that you can get a win from it, um, that's what we need next, next Saturday. So that consistency and get a same performance as we did Saturday night and that should bring us into good stead. And lastly, Niall alluded to it as well there on the post-match interview as well. The crowd in Carlo at Saturday evening was fantastic and he said it really helped the team along. So, uh, and away support, Willie, it's only a short trip down to Waterford as well, down the motorway. You'd be expecting a big crowd to turn up in the SET arena there on Saturday for five o'clock. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, we, we alluded to in, in the commentary, it was the biggest uh, crowd I've seen in Netwatch Cullen Park for... Uh, 
a league game. The first round is the, the National League. Uh, the crowd, both, both probably being Wicklow is close enough on, on the borders of Carlow and they brought um, I suppose Oshin McConville, a new man high profile in GA so they probably bought a big crowd as well but you could hear the roar when Carlow actually got the equaliser, I think it was Shane O'Neill from a free it really lifted the roof and, and lifted the players as well because they went along and won the next kick out uh, had a free, a, a difficult enough free didn't take it and ended up in the draw so crowd is everything and you need support and if this team can get a couple of wins under the belt, I know definitely they will get the support they deserve. Well, all going well, and we will have the game here live with us at the weekend on KCLR 96FM as well. Willie Quinlan, my thanks as always for joining me here on Full Time this evening. It's a pleasure as always, and no doubt we'll be chatting to you again after next weekend's game with hopefully a win on the board for Carlo. Hopefully. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. No, good man. That was, of course, Willie Quinlan there, the great ex-footballer with Carlo and one of our own uh, analysis on KCLR 96FM. Now, I'm going to switch my attention for my first ever time on rugby content, and I am delighted to be joined in studio by Jenny Kerwin and Paddy Moss from the Kilkenny RFC ladies team. Paddy and Jenny, good evening and welcome. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. Just pull that microphone into you a small little bit there, Jenny, good woman. Um, I've had to brush up on my rugby because I'm a big camogie and GAA guy, but I do love watching rugby, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic sport. And reading some of your content as well, you're flying, Paddy, uh, at the minute in Division 4. Yeah, yeah, we, we've kind of had another, um, another exceptional season when we kind of hit the... Last season we hit the ground running um, in Division Five, and thankfully got the the promotion into Division Four. And we've we've just kind of ran away with it at this stage. Um, like you couldn't ask for any better. Well, it's not too bad. Uh, possibly back to back promotions as well, which would be great for yourselves, great for the club out there as well. Um, you have a big game against MU Barnell uh, J1 at the weekend, and they are second in the table to you, and you're currently eight points ahead. So a win over them at the weekend would push you nicely up to the summit, Jenny, without being caught potentially. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, they were a tough team to play the last time we played them. Um, but yeah, hopefully this season now for this game on Sunday, we can we can get the win and we'll hopefully be promoted then and to Division Three. So we're really looking forward to it. Now, if my information is correct and the information on your website is correct, you're actually a prop. Yes. That's prop, prop slash <laughs> yeah, prop slash hooker. Yeah. Tell us about that because that must be a specialised position to be able to play in because you can't just throw anyone into the front row there and tell them they have to play either a hooker or a prop. So there must be a lot of preparation and work goes into it. Yeah, there is. Um, like we do a lot of strength and conditioning work, Paddy, don't we? Um, a lot of core work, technique work, scrums, line outs. Um, yeah, like this is my second season playing with Kilkenny and, uh, yeah, I suppose I know no different. I suppose I just trun into the deep end and you either sink or swim. Now, excuse my ignorance, but is the scrum in the ladies' game the same as the men? Like, it's full-on contact. So when you hear the referee shout that engage or set or whatever it is now at this stage, the power that's coming on your neck, Jenny, it must be fierce. Yeah, like like that. Like we're conditioned. We do our we do in training our battle prep so that we are conditioned. We roll out our necks, uh, do a lot of shoulder work as well. Um, like I mean, Jesus, you 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 know you did something the next morning. You um, but I mean, it, it's not too like yeah, it's not too bad. It is it is very physical. Um, 
but it, it's great just getting in there yeah giving the old push and seeing seeing how far you can get you're certainly a fit girl I wouldn't like to come up again <laughs> anyway that's for sure um, Paddy top of the table as we said I suppose Division 4 is slightly different um, as Ken was telling me earlier on that you could name 15 girls to go out and play at the weekend and you could go to the opposition and they might only have 10 or 11 whereas your numbers are then slightly reduced so Division 5 and Division 4 seems to be a little bit different can you tell us about that? Yeah um, we, we've we've had a difficult enough season with uh with the teams we played against because just the, the numbers in a lot of clubs aren't great um, I mean and I can't say anything different because the start of last season we were we had eight players so we were kind of wishful thinking that we'd have enough to, to play a 15 inside game and now it's more of a struggle on who do you leave off and who who can't you who can't you play but um we kind of made the conscious decision when we rebooted that we would stick to Division Five and uh, and try get try work ourselves up the ladder rather than you know maybe boosting into Division Three or so and uh, possibly getting a slapping. But you know, in, in in this way, we've seen the other side of it that we're not playing the games that we want to play as much. It's been a bit more difficult on keeping people happy and keeping people going, but. That's why I think all the girls that are there playing and showing up are still there and still showing up. Like we still have twenty, twenty-five players on a consistent basis at training, um, knowing that next year it'll be a different story. <coughs> that we should be playing the majority of our games at least at fifteen. The min- minimum set in Division Three is. 13 so you're allowed to play a 13 aside but there won't be any 10 aside games which is nice nice to know that we have that kind of backup um, there versus this season where we've played I think four games um, at 15 aside versus the rest of them either being 10 or 13 or being conceded so not ideal preparation but I mean you can only do what's in front of you as well is it important though for the likes of yourselves because as you say you're only back in the league since 2021 so to start basically at the bottom and work your way up through the ranks is that not more beneficial for player development because I see even you have a lot of students uh, playing out with you as well yeah well well, that's that's kind of the thought process that I had is we we ended up starting very basic like I ran through just passing technique tackle technique rucking and just let them play the game and like Jenny herself has only been playing for a year there's I don't think there's many players in total that have five years experience on the squad you know so it's still at the the kind of early days and, and, and development stage at the minute but they have the freedom a because they're winning but they have the freedom because they're playing together to develop and make the mistakes and there is a good bit more acceptance in the divisions that we are in now that they're developing quicker and stronger than if we put them up into the higher divisions Jenny tell us about the backs and the forwards because I'm just looking at your record here for the year so far play 10 games won 9 games scoring 243 points in total so I mean there must be great forwards and great backs there because you're racking up huge amounts of scores in the games that you are getting to play in 
Yeah, there's there's definitely some very talented players on our team. Um, like, I mean, you learn something from absolutely everybody, no matter if they're a back or a forward, there's always something to learn from. Um, I suppose the forwards kind of make the backs look good. Um, we do a lot of the brunt work while the backs get all the glory and stuff I was just like going to say, you don't normally get the credit you deserve because you make the players for most of them. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I think as a team we get on really well um, you know regardless of the age or if you're a back or a forward or whatever our team in fairness we get on really well we gel really well so that kind of um, we're very in tune with each other when we when we do play um, I suppose our our set out our play set out is, is slightly different from last year where um some of our forwards are in in line with the backs um so yeah so no it's it's a good mix and yeah we work well together i passed by Folkestown several times during the week and the cars lined up along the road the cars in the clubhouse as well you could barely have standing room in it you seem to have good numbers out there training on the the tuesdays and the thursday evenings out there what would it mean paddy to get up to division three for the club and in particular for the women and the girls that's out playing rugby with yourselves out there. I mean everything. Um, like the the unfortunate truth of last season is we we didn't win the league. We ended up coming second just on a, on a difficult game, and um, there is that kind of hint of of not really succeeding in a way. For me, anyway, and I'm sure some of the girls feel the same that. We want to prove the fact that this wasn't a fluke, that this was deserved and that that we have the ability and talent there to win outright. Um, like for the club, it's massive. Um, you're looking at the insurgents of the underage, you know, 14s, 16s, 18s and minis. Um, girls, there's three or four of, of the team that are training the under-16 girls on Wednesday. Um, and and having that involvement there, and the the big goal is just to grow the the sport, um, the women's division, kind of through and through in the club, and we're getting serious backing from everyone there, and and a lot of hard work's been put in over the years to get it to the stage that it is now, and kind of what my goal is 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 if someone's out there who wants to watch a good game of rugby, just come out and watch us, and you'll be hooked. That's the that's the way that I've kind of coached them that they play a, a, an entertaining style of rugby and a, a good brand of rugby, um, and you can see it through and through from the underage um, looking in that they're out there watching the girls, seeing what they can do, and trying to develop that and bring that into their own game. And it's just having those kind of mentors or people to look up to in that that stage. I'm going to ask both of you a question now, and either one of you can answer it. Your promotion aspects of going up from Division 5, Division 4, getting to Division 3, hopefully, fingers crossed, this year. How much of an influence is that putting on the men's team out there? Because I know they're hovering very heavily down at the bottom of the table at the minute and could do with all the help and, you know, all the positivity that's going out there at the minute. So how much is the women's team doing well out there pushing on the men's team to stay in Division 1A for the, the next season? Well, I think overall, like there's a there's a huge amount of pride in all the teams, um, and what we can see is is there's there's more 
push from the men's side to come and support us and there's been a huge amount of of support from the women's to them and it's it's something we don't want to see we don't want to see anyone lose standards in the club and, and kind of lose the pride in the club and you can see every time the men's go out that they want they want to keep the kind of legacy of the club going and keep it growing um, that we're hoping that each bit that we can do that they can they can kind of keep it going themselves as well well the big day of course is for yourselves as I said earlier it is the Kilkenny Ladies 15 playing MU Baron Hall J1 in the Division 4 of the Leinster League it is a home game in Folkestown at 1 o'clock on Saturday or Sunday the 5th Sunday Sunday uh, at 1 o'clock so if anyone is around uh, and you want to go somewhere and see a decent game of rugby Folkestown is the place to be and cheer on our ladies team in Kilkenny and help them get up to Division 3 Paddy Jenny thank you very much for being so easy and light on uh, and novice uh, when it comes to rugby here this evening but I wish you the very best of luck in the remainder of the games because I think it's only 3 or 4 games is left yeah, um, games. so hopefully fingers crossed in a couple of weeks time that we'll have you back in as uh, champions and going up into Division 3 as well so thank you very much for joining me this evening lovely thanks, thanks very Martin. much Martin thank you that was Jenny Kerwin and Paddy Moss the prop for the Kilkenny ladies team and the head coach out there as well and as I said big game for them at the weekend out in Fookstown now I'm just going to jump back slightly to the Carlo game because I have some pre-match audio that Eric Malloy caught up with our own Robbie Dowling and here's what Eric had to say McCarlo player Eric Malloy after his sights 2-10 apiece draw with Wicklow in the first round of the National Football League Division 4 tonight in Netwatch Cullen Park Eric what did you make of that I suppose a positive result in the end um, exciting I'd say the fans would have loved that one um, straight away two goals within the first three minutes scores um, lots of action lots of hits um, cards thrown out everything I suppose from our point of view, going a man down and getting away with the result and coming away with a draw is, is a positive. We had a kick there at the end to win it. It's just unfortunate. I think it just, just sliced off Darius Boo. He's kicked so many and he's put in such a great effort there. It was very unlucky he didn't go over, but um, yeah, overall we have to be happy to get a point. Being a man down and a few scores down to come back and get the draw, pretty pleased. And does it feel like it's something to build off now going into the Waterford game next week and the remainder of the league? Yeah, 100%. Um, like the, the card, I'm going to go on with that. It was early in the second half. I thought it was a little harsh. Um, and we finished strong there. Wicklow had an extra man, and it just shows our fitness levels. That's a positive. Some of the scores we kicked were positives. Some of the play we did was quite positive. So there, there is a lot of positives there to build on now. We just have to kind of focus on them and do a little bit more of them. Yeah. Is there a sort of a feeling maybe that particularly when he went got the second goal in the first half that maybe that was an opportunity to kick on and that if you look back on that maybe that almost to win another game could have been there oh definitely yeah the, the lads felt it I felt it there when I was out on the pitch the, the win of it was definitely there yeah um, there was chances both ends that's what I was saying it was, it was a game for the fans tonight I think they were entertained out there look we'd love to come away with the win we, we pushed hard we tried hard we gave it a lot there to come away with the win but um, yeah I just think uh, we need to keep all our players on the pitch and I think if we do that coming into the next the next game we have a hell of a chance you know and what was it like playing in that atmosphere it's just it was just one of those really special nights that you can't quite explain with words 
Yeah, first half it was a bit a bit quiet now. I thought like the atmosphere it was a bit on a, a knife edge. Everyone was quiet. It was kind of cagey. Second half then towards the end it, it started to light up. There was a serious noise coming from the crowd there at the end because I think we we leveled it and then they went a point ahead. I think we, we came back and leveled and we had a, a point to win it. And the home crowd were brilliant. I have to say there was a lot of cheering and shouting and the atmosphere is brilliant. I hope to have that now the next time we're here in Netwatch Cullen Park. Are you enjoying your football Eric? You seem like you are anyway. Ah yes, I'm de- definitely enjoying it. Sure, it's great to be out here in front of home fans, out in Carlow playing ball. It's brilliant. Sure, it could be worse things you could be doing. <laughs> and you're going away from the soccer, of course. Any ideas of ever going back there, or happy enough with the football at the moment? Um, we'll keep the the phone on do not disturb for the minute, okay? Um, we'll see how we go later on in in the year. But at the minute, I'm just focusing um, on the county football. But you never know um, if there's a good offer on the table. You never know what happened. But my focus is here at the minute you know well listen the very best of luck with the season with Carlo and whatever is to come in the future Eric Malloy thanks very much cheers thank you that was of course Carlo footballer Eric Malloy talking to our own Robbie Dowling right I have a quick break to take and when we come back we will be doing a sports roundup of different sports from the weekend so don't go anywhere yes welcome back in to full time here Wayne KCLR and it has been a busy show so far now as I said before the ad break we were going to go and do a sports roundup of all of the different sports so we're going to start with Camogie at the weekend where Kilkenny are not Kilkenny says I Kilmacow Sleeveru won the last of the 2022 games with victory over Liz Downey in the Gaeltec Ryan D County final on Saturday in uh, sorry it was actually yesterday in Liz Downey which brought a close to all of the competitions from 2022 on the Camogie front this Saturday coming sees Loretto Kilkenny take on Ursline Thurless in the post-primary All-Ireland semi-final and that's on at 12 o'clock in Jenkinstown and Kalosta Enri of Callan uh, will take on Lauren Hill Kalosta FCJ also on Saturday at 12 noon and that game goes ahead in John Locke Park in Callan in ladies football Kilkenny ladies football travelled to Leitrim in round 2 of the Lidl ladies football national league and despite a big loss the Kilkenny women did manage to get 1-5 on the game which is showing improvements every week so well done to them all in the Carlo soccer results in the national premier league we had Vale Wanderers 4 Murphy Celtic nil, Parkville United 2, Collision FC 4. In the Tully's Travel Division, we had St. Joseph's FC 1, Park Villa United B4, Slaney Rovers 3, Cressy Yard United B2, Round Towers Rovers 4, Dolman Celtic 4, Mill Celtic 1, St. Patrick's Boys B3, Bagnallstown AFC 10, Ardatton Athletic FC 1. In the White's Pharmacy Division, Collision FC B2, Vale Wanderers B2. Boron Celtic 6, Bolton Glass Town 0, St. Felix FC 4 and Nurney Villa 3. In the LFA Junior Cup, New Oak Boys 2, Sandy Hill Shangan Athletic 1 and Evergreen 5 and Clon Mullion FC 1. In the Kilkenny Soccer results in the KCLR sponsored McCallumant Cup, we had Sony for United 0, Highview Athletic 3, New Park AFC 2, Tullerone 1. Ormond Villa FC nil, 
Freshford Town nil and Ormond Villa won 4-3 on penalties. Spa United AFC nil, Dean Celtic AFC 3 and Bridge United 3, Thomastown United B nil. In the junior St. Canis's Credit Union Premier Division we had Fort Rangers 4 and Clover United 3 and in the women's St. Canis's Credit Union League we had Lions 2 and Evergreen nil. and obviously in those Camogie games as well the other semi-final in the senior will see St. Pat's of Mahara take on the presentation of Athenroy with both teams playing in the final later on and St. Pat's Academy Dungannon will take on Gort Community School uh, in the other semi-final in the senior C and that is the one with Kaloshta Owen Ree in Callum which brings me to the end of another busy show here this evening my thanks as always to everyone who helped out in the show this evening to Ken uh, and to Nicole who was out there keeping an eye on me this evening Owen Carey is going to be up next with Fully Loaded and we have a busy weekend of sport ahead as well as the National Football League still comes around as Carlo take on Waterford that game is live here with ourselves from the SET Arena in Waterford and that is on Saturday at 5pm while the Hurlers are taking on Antrim in the first round of the National League in Division 1A and that game is taking place on Sunday and it is also live here on KCLR 96FM and don't forget if you would like any of today's stories or indeed any of the rest of the sports uh, you can find it on the KCLR's dedicated sports only website on scoreline.ie all going well next week is a bank holiday but I should be back with you here again in the hot seat on Monday evening to discuss all things from Carlo and Kilkenny in the National Football League and in the National Hurling League but for the time being mind yourselves enjoy the sport over the weekend and I will talk to you hopefully next Monday bye for now Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahartsvolkswagen.ie.